you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast is a three-time off-season champion. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left. Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Honestly, what is up, Greg? What is up? Because something's up. Well, you know, everyone in my Twitter mentions, and you got a big smile, expects me to be down, but I'm not down. I'm... I'm... We... Excited about all the exciting news and a special podcast this week that got you back coming from home. This really is connecting on how disconnected Greg has become from the Patriots because <laughs> this is a special edition of the Around the NFL podcast, unscheduled, um, uh, based on the big news, which came out Monday afternoon about 5.30 Eastern time, that the NFL announced that Tom Brady has been suspended without pay for four games for violating the NFL policy on the integrity of the game, Greg. In addition, the Patriots are fined $1 million. And if it was like 1999, I'd do the Austin Powers yeah. thing there. And will forfeit a 2016 first-round pick and a 2017 fourth-round pick in the NFL draft. That is a wild punishment. And uh, listen, Wes, you, you spoke um, passionately that you thought this was an overblown matter. On our, our last podcast, and uh, now here we are, the Patriots franchise torn asunder by Deflategate. Your thoughts? Well, I'm dismayed because I think that the hysteria surrounding this issue played into what the punishment was meted out. Um, the NFL did not care about ball tampering in November when the Vikings and Panthers were heating balls illegally on their sideline and got a warning. The NFL didn't care enough when the San Diego Chargers were using sticky substances and got a $25,000 fine. So to me, I just think that the hysteria played in. I'd like to see discipline that wasn't quite so arbitrary. Greg? I was surprised by the draft picks. I mean, that was really the thing that 
took me most by surprise. I expected about two to four games. It was in there. I agree with a lot of Wes's points, but as I said in the last one, this is one issue I almost can't say anything because it's just going to come at me that I'm saying it from a Patriots perspective. This is not the type of story that gets me excited as a sports fan. And frankly, you know, when this story drops, I'm not thinking about it as a Patriots fan. We got, you know, you're there. We got to assign out the stories. Mm -hmm. We have to write it very straight working for the NFL. We have to figure out all the different things to do. It's part of our job. It's going to set in. But as a Patriots, you know, fan, part of me, there's at least a little bit that's intellectually curious about what's going to happen without Tom Brady. Can they win with Jimmy Garoppolo? But we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. And and to me, the difference between the examples you brought up, Wes, and what it, how it came off to me from what the NFL released in terms of a statement, it, it seemed to me, and especially really sticking it to Brady with four games, that it wasn't just the crime. It was the cover-up and the – and the team and Brady's refusal to kind of play ball once the investigation was going. But I don't – that's – the NFL is saying that. But Brady sat down and interviewed for hours with them. And right. But the other guy over interviewed the phone. four different times. I mean – Brady didn't turn Brady over the didn't phone. Brady didn't turn over his phone because the union told him not to. Okay, but he didn't turn over his phone and the league had asked for it or the investigator, Ted Wells, had asked for it. And then, uh, you know, when you, when you do that – and then they didn't let the uh, – what was it, McNally – he uh, sat down for four interviews. They asked he, one more time. And he had an appointment that day with someone else. I, to me, it just did seems not like... Play, didn't play ball, though. No, nah, to me, it seems like the NFL can say all that stuff in a statement, but I think it's all right to question it. Of course. It's fair to question. And I think, personally, I think even as a Jets fan, and this is a great day, uh, if you're a, a, a fan of an AFC East team that's not the Patriots in terms of trying to win a, a damn division, uh, but four <laughs> games personally seems very strong to me. I thought this would be at, at the most two games or maybe even just one game, which would be you know embarrassing for Brady but would definitely send the message. Four games, this was a hammer drop by the league. It's, it's really unbelievable. It's an historic moment if you think about it. The defending Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest players – in NFL history, by any measurement, to be sitting out oh. week one. Oh, no. That we could have a handoff between Jimmy Garoppolo and Jonas Gray be the week one first play because LeGarrette Blunt's also suspended. It's it's oh. wild. And, and for me, look, the throne of ease <laughs> is doing fine. No one's taking it. You know, it's like Belichick says you don't defend Super Bowl trophies. There's nothing to defend because they get to keep the rings. It's theirs. They're starting over. And when they won that fourth Super Bowl, I told you guys I was kind of retired, not retiring as a fan, but I was good. I was good. I didn't need anything I believe more. You. Because, and that's still the same. Because uh, if you were an actual Patriots fan still, which I don't really view you Stop. as anymore, uh, you would be devastated by this because there, it was one thing about – when when the Wells report came out and that last week in January when everyone was going nuts about it, but now now that the penalty's out, there's no way to hide from this and not call it a big deal because it was decided that it was a big deal. So that sticks with the franchise forever. Sure, that that sticks, but so does the fourth Super Bowl title. Sure, and if they just win some games and then it doesn't really affect. The, I think they can still survive this season. But what I was thinking about this hammer drop. I immediately flash back to the Monday of Super Bowl week when I got the feeling that there has been a little bit of a back and forth between the Patriots and the NFL mm. on this issue. It was a very uncomfortable issue that Bill Belichick called a surprise press conference on the Saturday before Super Bowl week 
and really went to town. I mean, defended the Patriots as hard as he could. I thought made some strong statements about their innocence. Maybe, you know, made some anti-league, you know, some <laughs> statements the league wouldn't appreciate. And then some stories come out on Monday that are very anti-Patriots while they're in the air. Uh, <laughs> it's back and forth between these two sides. Kraft gets on the ground and he says, I expect an apology. I I don't, you know, I expect an apology from the There's from no the way that sat, w- sat well with the league either. And I think. Well, that's another interesting thing because Kraft has been Goodell's biggest supporter. How, how's this going to work in the future? So that's, it almost, I don't want to say it got personal, but it just feels like there was something going on here between the two sides and the NFL ultimately Let, has the final let's say. Let's face it, Greg. Listen. What? There's an arrogance permeating from the franchise. They thought that they could kind of will this away with muscle and and big statements and things of that nature. But what they, they feels like they never really took into account is they wouldn't have the final say, and this could turn out worst-case scenario. I don't think they ever foresaw – I don't think Bob Kraft would have ever made that statement if he thought how badly this could end. They never thought what was the nuclear button option that they could get hit on, and that's what played out today. I mean, I'm – It was unpredictable. No one totally in the media stunned. thought this, too. I mean – who was saying back then that, oh, this will be a four-game suspension? No Do you one. know who loses? NFL fans lose. I don't have a team, so I don't have a bias. I don't hate the Patriots. I'm not wishing for them to get punished. But now we have the NFL's kickoff game, and fans are going to be watching Jimmy Garoppolo, D'Angelo Williams, <laughs> and Jonas Gray instead of Tom Brady, Le'Veon Bell, and LeGarrette Blunt. But that's nobody's fault but the Steelers player and the Patriots player. Well, it, they, you could, I think like you, they're innocent men in all this. Well, I think a, a lot of our country feels one way on the pot issue, and then the NFL mm. feels another way. I just think when you're talking about integrity of the game, I don't want to see backups playing in the NFL kickoff. Well, I also don't want to see the Buccaneers up 20-7 to going into the fourth quarter of the season finale and throwing out – all of their starters, putting them on the bench, and they get the number one pick. <laughs> to me, that that upsets the integrity of the game anything more than PSI New England. Right. The, and the reason I think people just a month ago or just two weeks ago did not expect this hard a punishment is the crowd noise uh, that the Falcons were admitted to, caught guilty of, you know, was not – you know, greeted with a huge punishment, I wouldn't say. You know, the Browns text gate, which I thought was really blown out of proportion. That, yeah. that wasn't a big thing. And so that's why we really didn't expect it here. But I think, if nothing else, the NFL said where they were coming from in these statements. And th- and I don't think they punished Brady and the Patriots so much just because of this issue. They punished them because they had a prior record, because of Spygate. They said it. But Brady didn't. They, they didn't. But in terms of the draft picks and the fine, you know, Brady's not – getting the million-dollar fine. The Patriots are. The draft prick surprised me, but I think that is because of Spygate. I mean, they brought it up that they had a prior record that they were warned they had to do everything to the letter of the law. And then, number two, that Tom Brady and the other two guys weren't forthcoming with them, which, Dan, you know, you right. mentioned. But the, basically that not only were they not forthcoming, but they also found a lot of what they said not credible. They thought they were lying. I think the league felt disrespected by the Patriots here. I, I think agree. after Spygate happened – and they hit him on the draft picks, and it was a $500,000 fine that time. I think to Belichick personally, if I, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and you would think, after the league came down hard there, that the, the Patriots would be on their best behavior. By then doing it again, it, it's, like, it's like a repeat offender with a DUI or something where the judge will come down on you even harder. It's like, listen, you got your chance to straighten out, and instead you continued on a different line. So I think the league was a little, little bit of a vengeful god here. It is wild if you think about it because I'm, I'm remembering – 
uh, one an extra Spygate story dropping on the Saturday of Super Bowl week, right before the Super Bowl in Arizona. And then once again, they're back in Arizona. <laughs> Another, an, you know, the game before getting there is when this all erupts the whole week before. And then, you know, at least this one had a happy ending with the Patriots making the last play. Uh, do you want to do you want to now take a look at what Tom Brady is missing? You want to take a look at the schedules, Wes? I know uh, you wrote a piece uh, on around the NFL. We have this covered uh, very well on the website, Greg. Right? We have a Sell lot of it, posts. Baby. We have our we have you know of course all the NFL statements and the news article. We have all the reaction, and, and there's been some good one. You know, Legarrette Blunt calling it ridiculous. Patrick Chung. Uh, using an expletive I can't. Some players really enjoying it. Uh, a wife of an owner putting a smiley face out on Twitter. I'm not going to you know, say. Well, you got to say I it. can't say who. People, they can find out. Um, <laughs> you know, Eli Manning, you wrote a post about that. We got yes. all sorts of things. I have a post about Jimmy Garoppolo. You looked at the schedule, though, Wes. I think the Patriots should be uh, – the other team should be favored in three of, three of those four games. Mm. Wow. I think the Steelers should be favored in the opener. I would definitely take Ben Roethlisberger over Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and then the second game, they go to at, at Buffalo, which, you know, maybe Matt Castle and Tyrod Taylor aren't better than Garoppolo. But the Bills are loaded this year, and the Patriots won't have Tom Brady to pull themselves out of that hole. Buffalo is a very hard place to play. Jacksonville is their third game. I mean, that might be a pick game by the end. That's in New England. And then the fourth game is at Dallas, where, He's again, you've got Romo against Garoppolo. I'm taking Romo if I, if I have to pick that game. So and I, think we, that, I think that's true. Three underdogs in three games. doesn't mean, though, you know, underdogs win all the time. I don't see them as a big underdog in any of those games, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, it depends how you feel about Garoppolo. Right. But what we don't really know anything other than he's gotten rave reviews and they liked him enough to make him a second-round second round pick when Tom Brady was still in his prime, so I guess that counts or something. And we should also mention, by the way, when we look at the schedule, that Brady has appealed this formally, formally correct? That is true, and we've seen the only other quarterback in this sort of situation I can think of is Ben Roethlisberger, and that was a six-game suspension that was appealed down to four. How about this, Wes? You had mentioned that uh, how is it going to work with Goodell and Kraft, who would prior had worked well together or had a, a positive working experience. Shadowy league figures approaching. Perhaps. How about this? When Brady's appeal comes up uh, and Goodell can handle the appeal himself or he could farm it out to someone else, maybe it ends up being cut in half or maybe even cut down to one game. And there you mm. go. A little peace offering. Olive branch from the commish. Well, it might be too late for that. I mean, I, in addition to the fact that you came down pretty harshly on the organization, you're also – tarnishing the lady, the legacy of Tom Brady on something where you don't have definitive evidence. I mean, I, I don't know. That, that's, that was part of the whole thing that has surprised me a little. And Mike Reese, you know, wrote about it and basically thinking that, that Brady should be punished on some level, but that basically the punishment should fit the crime and the relative level of the crime here was small. So why, why would the NFL, who's so PR conscious normally – go out of their way to really change the way you think, Dan, that people are going to think about Tom Brady. I'm not sure if yeah, it changes how I, people think. It does today, but I'm not sure long term. But for right now, it does change the scope of these these titles. It's, yeah, it is surprising to me. Uh, I agree. that the, I mean, he is the face of the NFL, if you ask me. I mean, you could say Peyton Manning also, but I, 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 like, I think that Brady probably is. And this, there's no way this isn't going to stick with him on some level. And it, it, it's surprising to me. You know, some of the stuff that I heard – you know, people said, "Oh, this the, 
you heard out of New England that this is viewed as a sting against the Patriots and the Brady and Brady. And to me, that's just as ridiculous as the other side of the <laughs> argument. But at the same time, same he, thing with Brady's agent. He was doing him no favors. Yeah, by all going this sting wacky talk. Him. Like, what is this sting talk? I, I don't understand. Like, what? It's not like the NFL is trying to destroy the New England Patriots. They have no reason to do that. If anything, they just maybe the Patriots got on their bad side to me, and they really came down on them. Maybe. Maybe they were thinking too micro, not macro enough, because Brady is a legend of the league. Uh, you know, that to me is one of the biggest surprises about this entire misadventure. One of the crazier parts of the press release was, and I want to get the wording exactly right, but it was essentially the NFL saying, and it was really Troy Vincent saying, that no one would argue that this had any competitive impact. So... And and no one no one is arguing that. Like no one would argue that this had any competitive impact in that game. That's clearly not the issue. But that doesn't change the the way that we view you trying to, you know, affect the integrity of the game. So it's just funny that all of this is. But happening. he also said very important point that that everyone who studied this from the Wells report believes that it had been going on. That's that the true. championship game was not the first time this happened. That's true. It, it's just. It's just interesting that something that no one no one, I haven't seen anyone try to make the case that this has really helped Brady over the long haul because the stats don't back it up the home road stats every there's They're nothing almost that, identical. that backs it up so it's it's this whole decision and this whole huge punishment and maybe legacy changing thing or whatever over something that no one really thinks made any difference at all you know it's an interesting <laughs> thing Troy Aikman thinks it did <laughs> Kurt Warner thinks it did. An interesting uh, thing to think about. What if that was a close game? What would be the penalty then? Would we just never see Tom Brady ever again? Because <laughs> this is like a 40-point blowout. Right. Would they the take guy away disappears this... for a quarter of the season. What if, yeah, what if they had won by uh, uh, three points and he played great in the first half but stunk in the second half? And we would never know that really that was just a coincidence. You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that he had a lights-out, unbelievable second half with the right balls, like, really took a lot of the heat off Maybe that's publicly. what ultimately saves his legacy here. Like, this will be a part of the story of Tom Brady, uh, not the whole story by any stretch, but a part of it. If, if it would have been something where they just barely won and, and his numbers reflected a, a change in play, it would have really destroyed him, in my opinion. So he gets... You know, they get away with that as well, it being a blowout. It could Maybe be worse. Right. Think, of, Look at it that way, Greg. Not that you really care anymore. You're barely a Patriots fan at this point. Stop. But it, that, I, this is part of the reason why I'm not taking this too personally because I know, you know, they, it's not taking away the – how many years has it been? 17, 15 he's been in the league ugh. of joyous football <laughs> watching every Sunday, being able to watch Belichick and Brady, like two all-time greats every single week. And, by the way, I'll get to do it again this next year starting in week five with sure. Brady. And the First four weeks will be fun too. Garoppolo will go three and one and they'll trade him for that first round pick. Get it back for next year. And I'm with Eli, by the way. I just want to make it clear. I'm not one of those like <laughs> evil Twitter fans. I'm not happy that Tom Brady's suspended. For. Ultimately you I'm like, really not. You like Brady. I like I do like Tom Brady a lot and I like the competitive advantage for the Jets, but the whole thing's the whole thing sucks, let's be honest. It, the whole thing is awful and I wish we weren't talking about it because it's just like one of those stories like Bounty Gate. Uh, like the Ray Rice uh, stuff, which was terrible. You just This is the kind of stuff, maybe this is kind of what you were talking about on our last podcast. You just wish it wasn't there, and it's not something that's bothering you. 
uh, as much as it's just something that's happening, it's ongoing. You well, just got to deal with it. Not to mention, we're at work during these things, even during the Super Bowl, and we have a lot to do. Like, this is one of those moments where I could get fired if I screw up. So I'm I'm less worried about the Patriots <laughs> and more worried about myself. I mean, not even kidding. I mean, if we, these are the types of things that you know our bosses Eyeballs. are all watching really closely. We have to be careful of how Can we handle it. Can you just erase everything I said on this I podcast? <laughs> hey, Greg, you watched a lot of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I know about him from The Office so far is that Damashek will not stop talking about him. You'd think it's like <laughs> TD throws his hands up because he knows exactly what I'm saying. You know, I mean, you would think that like he Dave did that bit uh, at the Super Bowl, uh, which I, I liked a lot at, at Media Day, where he was asking everyone about who's better looking, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Shaq asked Garoppolo himself, which kind of uh, caused Garoppolo to get uncomfortable. But that's all I know is that Dave is you know thinks he's hot. Well, you watched every snap he took in the preseason, and I guess he got some garbage time play last year as well. Well, he played the most of the second half against the Chiefs in week four, that famous game where they got blown out. It was really the fourth quarter. That's right. The fourth quarter. And then he played the second half of the Bills. And we did this redrafting, re-ranking the class of 2014. West, Love that piece. West of the wide receivers. I did the quarterback, so I watched each one of his snaps. Now, let's start with this. Bill Belichick said the entire 2014 season – turned around oh, God. at the end of that Chiefs season, that that was the turning point because he saw such great effort and good play, even though they were getting blown out. Hey, who was the quarterback during that, that stretch? He was basically the classic, MVP. Classic, he was basically the MVP of the season by that logic. Classic uh, phony coach narrative. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Uh, but when uh, watching that quarter and watching the second half of the Bills game and then watching the preseason, he was very consistent. And I would say the word that kept popping to mind, he looked very professional. He looked like a competent quarterback who made quick decisions, uh, didn't blow you away, doesn't have a big arm, uh, but he is very athletic, and they're going to look like a different team. Dan, when was the last time you saw Tom Brady run a read option play? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen they Tom Brady. They did that against the Bills. How about play. running and uh, calling an outside quarterback run on fourth and sixth or something like that? They did that with Garoppolo. So he's built like a linebacker, Belichick said, and, and he's going to play a little differently. Gives Josh McDaniels a chance to go into the lab and cook up something new with his new quarterback. And it's not like it's a chump. I mean, they they really lucked out in a sense that they have Garoppolo in place. I mean, they have a second-round pick who's had a year to learn, and now they have the whole offseason. It's in place. He showed more in one preseason, I believe, than Ryan Mallett showed in four. Let's also say this. This is an unprecedented situation for a young kid to be in. I, I would say defending Super Bowl champion on Thursday night football with basically half of America watching uh, with all the media's eyes on this game and the, all the, the storylines about Tom Brady being out of the lineup and Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm sure people are going to take it and run with it, the Drew Bledsoe-Tom Brady comparisons of 15 years early. Like, I would think even if – and he seems like a well-adjusted guy. Uh, I would think uh, that he could get spooked by this spot. I mean, that, it wouldn't be crazy if he was really nervous and was missing high on some passes early and all of a sudden it's – you know, 17-3 in the second quarter, and you got this kid, and the world's crumbling. It's possible, right, Wes? I think that's possible. I think what's interesting is, well, one of the many things that's interesting, they're going to need a backup quarterback now. Mike Vick's out there. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, they don't have anyone else in the uh, roster. Matt Flynn's another option. I know uh, Mark Sessler, who will be back with us tomorrow, he will get excited about (laughs) Matty Flynn maybe getting another ring. Garoppolo – 
I, I thought he showed some poise. He would go through his progressions. And it's not like this is just some no-name. I know he went to Eastern Illinois, but he's a second-round pick. That's where Colin Kaepernick was drafted. That's where Andy Dalton was drafted. That's where Derek Carr was drafted. That's where Geno Smith was drafted. I'm not saying these are all great quarterbacks, but they're guys <laughs> that people all look Jimmy at. Jimmy Clausen was drafted. <laughs> right. I'm just saying these are <laughs> guys some company just rattled that off. the fans look at as, okay, here's our next – great hope is a second round quarterback. It's it's a pretty big investment that they put in Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to block on Twitter the next person who asks, what if Garoppolo starts out 4-0 and and plays really well? <laughs> Will they bench Brady? Come on, stop with that nonsense. That won't happen. Uh, but what could happen maybe, right, is if he plays awesome at the end of the season, maybe the Patriots have – they're they're famous for, not, uh, for being cold-blooded when it comes to making roster decisions. Mm. I know he doesn't have a uh, – uh, you know, a nasty contract in terms of the cap compared to other star quarterbacks. But, you know, it does – it's a great a great moment for Garoppolo right now, a great opportunity to really uh, get himself out there and, and show that he can play. It is a great opportunity. I'm not willing to address that question until I actually see him go 4-0 and right. and light up the scoreboard. And see right. what Brady does after that. You're right. It does – It's the, this whole thing as it's setting in is going to be the framework for – a lot of what we talk about for the 2015 season. This is the defending champion team, and it's an unprecedented suspension, and it just raises a lot of things that are going to come up. I mean, just earlier on Monday, you're writing an article, Wes, about how the secondary is completely changed because they cut Kyle Arrington on Monday. They have Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan as their top two cornerbacks. This is a team you wrote about often struggles in September. Yeah, I think that's not a that's not a small factor. It seems like the Patriots have done this the last three or four years where they just use September to figure out who they are and to tinker and experiment. They're running different combinations of offensive linemen in against the Chiefs. They're trying to figure out if they want to start Aaron Dobson or cut Kembrell Tompkins, trying to figure out who's going to start at running back for them. This is what they do earlier in the season. And it shows up that there are stats, I, I remember we cited early last year, that their winning percentage is something in the 580 range in September, which isn't bad, but then it goes up into the six, you know, the mid-600s in October, and then it's well over 700, 800 in November, December. So it's a team that often does struggle early, well, one even of, with Tom Brady. One thing also to keep in mind, Tom Brady, since he became starter, has never missed a game other than that one season. So he, they've, he's always been there in September. What if they get... Get off to a slow start. Let's say, because let's say if they're they end up losing three of the first four games, what if it takes a month when by the time he gets four, the offense really? What Greg again? and I were talking about earlier today. You know, if and he then does three and five or something at the midway point, and and let's face it, we've been saying twelve and four, twelve and four, twelve and four every year. I'm pushing them back now to ten and six. And to me, this AFC East, which we've been talking about a lot the last couple of months, is, which has really tightened up at least amongst the the uh, also rans in recent years, got a lot better. And now the Patriots, there's no way around it that they're probably going to be not as good, at least win-loss, because of what's going on. This, this division I'm even got – I'm not ready to say that. I think the – Tom I, Brady comes back like a house on fire. Yeah, right. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm just saying it's not going to be as easy this year. No. And it wasn't – even with Brady for 16 games, it was going to be tougher. Now it's Brady only 12 games. So I think this division is officially, to me, wide open. It, I, I agree with you. Then again, wouldn't it be the most Patriots thing ever for everyone right in that Thursday night? You know, no Brady, no Revis, 
No problem. The Patriots cruised to a twenty-seven to you know seventeen win over the Steelers, showing right. they were a true team. Oh, I could team. totally see that. You know, and it just you could kind of you could see that happening. Bill Simmons writing for like Fox Sports Net, like <laughs> we went into fu mode. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get him on. Maybe we can, he can join the NFL. I, I said he can replace me as the well, resident Patriots homer here. No, you don't have to replace it because TD pulled some strings and got us a fifth mic. And get the sports guy in here. Five mics like the source. Yep. A little Got redemption it. style. <laughs> um, all right. So well, let's, some final thoughts now, Greg. And, and uh, actually, let's start with Wes, a gifted football mind, mm. a scientist. Uh, I want to hear your final thoughts on the matter, and then we'll throw it to the throne of ease. I guess I have to. Uh, if you're playing or coaching football in the NFL – you are obsessed with gaining a competitive an- advantage, which is why I was tickled to death by the website yourteamcheats.com <laughs> because I'm tired of fans acting like the Patriots are the only ones that try to gain a competitive advantage. If you're playing football, that's what you do. That's my first thought. My second is in 2006, NFL decided to let quarterbacks doctor footballs. We, I told you last podcast what Eli Manning does. You've, you've got electric scrub brushes involved in the process. Aaron Rodgers has said he likes to have his inflated over the limit. If you're going to let quarterbacks doctor footballs, let them play with any football they want. That's what we talked about months ago when we discussed this. The history of football started in the mid-19th century with soccer. One was made easier to kick with every iteration. The other one was made easier to throw. To soccer. me, let him use whatever ball he wants. Let any quarterback mm. use whatever ball he wants. And I agree with everything with Wes said except for, or in addition to, but keep it within the PSI laws of the NFL. <laughs> got Like, why do, why do you even have PSI laws? Well, you just, no one's been able to explain that to me. Just follow that, and you, and you do why? whatever else you want to the balls. Why are you allowed to take an electric spinner brush to it, but you can't take out air? I mean, I don't get that. There is a, That's I, what the football uh, doctors say, bro. They haven't really said and anything these. about it. It uh, is weird how you can, you know, like you mentioned, the, the Chargers thing with the sticky. I mean, that, would, that that is against the rules, but that's a minor penalty. But this is major. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, my quick point is Tom Brady cheated and Geno Smith did not. And now, Greg, <laughs> your final thoughts. We'll give you the floor before I, we close I, I, I've had the floor. I've said basically <laughs> everything I want to say. I, I do think it'll be fun to watch. As a Patriots fan, you know, fan. Of course, you're not happy to see this happen, but there is there is part of me that's just interested to see. We've never seen a situation like this before, and if there's one thing that defines this page, a couple things define these Patriots teams over the last few years. Number one is their ability to take any slight, however small or imagined or real, and turn it into something that, that that that's just that's their rallying cry. So, imagine imagine this now. Now it's yeah. now it's against everyone. It's against the NFL. But number two is they're a great team at at adapting, at uh, figuring out what their weaknesses are, and dealing with the fact that Jonas Gray is their running back, and you know the year where they had no wide receivers or no cornerbacks, and you know here's a here's a great chance for one of the hey. greatest coaches of all time to show he can adapt. He's already done it once again without Tom Brady for 15 and a half games. He won 11 <laughs> games. So I don't, the last thing I'm going to do is count out the Patriots and assume the jets are the favorite. So I agree with you hundred percent. Right. And, and they're a team. I mean, they've always said they're, they're more than just one player. So he, you know, look at you. You're all excited. You're all excited. This is Greg. Actually, this is giving Greg a little juice now 
for the first time he's facing adversity on the, th- on the throne of ease. <laughs> well, there, there is something. And it's rejuvenating you as a football fan. There is something to that. You know, they've done, they've done everything else. Belichick always talks about how every, every season, you know, it's, it's, you're starting from scratch. You're, it's a fresh start. You know, you're not, it has nothing to do with last. Well, it's not going to be hard to convince the players this time. I mean, Jonas Gray is the running back. They have all new cornerbacks. They have Garoppolo at quarterback. It's a whole new, uh, Whole new team. And now we're going to do 30 minutes on Kyle Arrington's release. All right, Wes, your initial thoughts now. <laughs> yeah, All right. poor Fred Davis signing. Got, you know, hey, old Freddie. Buried. TD, you had a thought behind the glass. I had a couple of thoughts, actually. We didn't get a news drop today. Yeah. If we did. <laughs> See, I saw that okay, you no. bypassed the $1 good. million dollars Dr. Evil joke, yeah. you know, because you're – Comedic mind. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. I don't have such a great comedic mind. So that I was take, good. I take all the heavy-handed jokes better. I can get. Um, Jimmy presents a problem for me because he has a hard last name to spell. It's kind of very annoying. difficult. Um, but I figured it out though. It's yeah. it's a polo or polo of a garop. So it's a garop polo. See what I did? You know? Yeah. So that's how what's you a garop. I don't know. It just—that's the way. That—that that was stuff. what you were waiting to yeah, talk I'm to. Yeah. Well, we that was the second point, and the third point was like this could all have been solved if the NFL had a body language monitor. Because West keeps saying no evidence, no evidence. He could spot this from day one. Uh, that press conference—it was obvious. Brady out here lying. Well, uh, to the folks. All right, you almost—you—you you saved yourself there with that. Yeah, yeah was that's that about there. as strong as the evidence was in the Wells report. We were about to fly that's to England need, to baby. find uh, Gold Center, flying to Japan. <laughs> When hey, you're in the middle of that if they, me as a, if they hire me as a body language minor, then, yeah, you might have an opening. I'm not even going to ask how you figure out how to spell Roethlisberger. I won't. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a burger with a Roethlis at the front no. of it. Um, all right, so that was our very special edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, the Patriots cheated and got banged for it edition, <laughs> I called it. And I really loved it. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday with another show with Mark back here. And then on Thursday, we're going to uh, get Lindsey Rhodes back in the studio. We're excited about that. So we got a full week of shows. Thank you for listening. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Stan Hans is signing off for the mailman, the boss, and TD behind the glass. See ya. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 